Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook by searching for Gone Boss. We're brought to you today by Forbidden Fruit, Tattoo, and Piercing right there on McGalliard in Muncie. What do they have going on this month? Well, as you know, it's spoopy season. And for the rest of us, it's Halloween season. Spooky season. Also known <laughs> as spoopy season. Uh, you know, somebody messaged me and said that I am indeed the cool one in the family. Because you know how to yeah. mispronounce spooky. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it is spooky season. And so some people might be thinking about getting spooky Halloween tattoos. Like a Frankenstein or a yeah. Dracula or like a Rob Zombie. Elvira or, a... or something. Elvira. Why cool? would you want Elvira? Because she's cool. You remember Mistress that song? Mistress of the Night. Elvira. Yes, I'm talking about oh. Mistress of the oh. Night, though, Elvira. Not <laughs> Elvira. I used to watch her on TV. You were too young. You probably I didn't even see her. wasn't allowed. Like with Sammy Terry and Elvira and all yeah. that. Yes, but I wasn't allowed to watch that. That was too spooky She for did me. have a movie, though, a blockbuster movie. Did she? A blockbuster. No, it's, it was a kind of like a B roll, kind of B B movie. Okay. Anyway. But anyway, what? Tell me about the special for so, the month. So for the month leading up into Halloween, Adam is giving a hundred dollars off any spooky Halloween themed tattoo. So you can go get your Elvira tattoo for a hundred dollars off. How about a spider web across my neck right here? That would look cool. Can I get it across it? my neck and like up onto my face and it like coming out of my eye, eye right here? Uh I don't know. You may find yourself single after a while. (laughs) That's all right. I'm not dying for any more tattoos right now. But if you wanted one and you wanted to do that, you could get it for a hundred bucks off. Hundred bucks off. That's that's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, pretty nice. So check them out. Learn more at ForbiddenFruitArt.com. Today in the studio, we have Paige Turner from Ball State University. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be here. No problem. So tell me about your title at Ball State. I know they tend to be long, so I'm just going <laughs> to let you do it so I don't mess it up. And we have lots of components to mm-hmm. our title. So I am the Dean of the College of Communication, Information, and Media at Ball State University. I am also a professor in the Department of Communication Studies. Okay. All right. So you get to do all of the media stuff. Media interpersonal communication, information, information technology, strategic advertising, journalism, all of that. Okay. Now, my husband, Matt, graduated from Ball State. At the time, it was called the TCOM department, so he was all all about that. <laughs> TCOM or telecommunications, yeah. that's the name we used to have, mm-hmm. but we found that as words change over time and as our students would graduate and they would submit their resumes to AI, it would scan it and see telecommunications and thinks, oh, they should work for AT&T. Okay. So what we've done is change the names of the Department of Media so that our students can be appropriately recognized when their resumes go through AI. So if he graduated for telecommunications, what he has to do, though, is you don't want to change the title because that 
could be fraudulent. Mm -hmm. So you can say graduated from the Department of Telecommunications, parentheses, currently known as the Department of Media. So AI will catch that, put his application in for a new job if he's interested. Perfect. Well, he better not be. He's my husband and he works for me. Yes, right. Yes. So he shouldn't be looking for jobs Mm, right now. Because that would mean looking for a new partner too, right? At the same time. No, not that. We got more problems than just that. Keep the same name. (laughs) Yep. Perfect. (laughs) Love it. So what do you do as the dean? What does your typical kind of day look like? Oh, my gosh. Or every day is probably different. Every day is very different. Uh, I would say that my job, though, is to support the faculty and staff so that they can support the students. And that is the most important thing that I do. I make sure that whatever facilities they need, whatever policies, procedures, resources, educational opportunities for our faculty and staff, that those things happen so that they can be there with our students. So it could be anything from right now we're doing a building remodel. Uh, so I'm looking at HVAC loads. I'm looking at equipment costs. I'm looking at floor plans to looking at curriculum and how do we structure a faculty member's time so that they can do the research and the scholarship and creative works that they want to do and need to do as well as be there for the students. And then occasionally I deal with a phone call from a student or someone who is just not understanding what we're doing in the college or is concerned about a situation. And then my job is to make sure to help them get them to the resources so that they can be successful. Okay, perfect. So how did you get started? Boy, that is, well, that's a question (laughs) that um, I had a very nonlinear life. So when people think about becoming a dean, they think you go to college at 18, you graduated at 21, you go on and get a master's degree, then a PhD, you work as an assistant professor, then an associate professor, then you might become a chair of department, associate dean, and then you become a dean. My life looks nothing like that. Okay. I went to college at 18. Uh, I told my parents I was going to college, and they said, really? And I said, <laughs> yes. I emancipated myself to be able to afford it, and I lasted a year and nine weeks. Okay. <laughs> I was on my way to take a statistics test and realized I did not have a clue on what was on that test or even why I was at college. So I I literally drove to the registrar and dropped out of college rather than take that test. Okay. Yeah. So I became, I went to a secretarial school for a year, learned word processing, which was all the new rage. Oh, yes. Yep. Packed my car, moved to LA, worked as a secretary for an accounting firm, which was my first major. Oh, okay. Later went back to college after a few years and got degrees in marketing, real estate, finance, and rhetoric. Okay. Went on, got a master's in organizational communication, PhD, then worked at a university and became a graduate director, then moved to the provost office, then moved back to being faculty, then I was an associate dean, and then I left the university altogether and went to the National Communication Association as an executive director. I missed being with the students And so then came back and joined Ball State about six years ago. Okay. So what I love about this path, and I share it with our students and our community, is that you may not look like what people say is normal, Mm -hmm. but normal is whatever gets you to where you're going to be. And if you take what you do and you carry that forward into the next thing, that's normal. Perfect. I like that. Yeah, I have a I have a background in music. I don't use that today. Um, I do have it on, tattooed on my Which ankle. Which is gorgeous, by the way. <laughs> well, you guys should you. all see this. Thank this is you. a great anklet. 
But I don't use that in my everyday life, but it's, you know, helped shaped me into the person I am today and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So you're not from Muncie. Where where did you grow up? Well, I primarily grew up in Oregon. Okay. I grew up in a small town that is very much like Muncie called Medford, Oregon. It was okay. about 50,000, 60,000 people. Very much a working community. Uh, we grew pears, Bear Creek pears. Okay. And... Eventually, I moved to Portland, Oregon, and then to L.A., Okay, and then to Eugene, Oregon, and then out to West Lafayette, Indiana, where I studied in Purdue. Okay. Then I went back to Seattle, and then out to St. Louis, where I spent 20 years. Okay. Prior to, and then I moved to D.C. where I worked at NCA and then back to Muncie in Indiana. Okay. Back All home right. in Indiana. Back home again in Indiana. Yes. Absolutely. What kind of professional organizations are you a part of? I'm pausing a little bit because there's a number of mm-hmm. them. And when we think about professional organizations, there's elements of who I am and the work that I do. So there's my scholarship, which would be part of the National Communication Association. It's about 6,000 members. Uh, that's where I might present some of my scholarship on customer satisfaction, socialization. There's also the Organization for the Study of Communication, Language, and Gender, where I do work around issues of body awareness, the working body, the working female body. And so I would present some of the research there. There's NAFSA, where my work on internationalization of higher ed, I would present and be part of that. I am also the co-director for the ACE, American Council of Education, Women's Network of Indiana, which helps promote moving women into higher education leadership roles. Okay. And then I serve on the board of Rock Steady Boxing, which is an international organization based in Indianapolis that helps individuals with Parkinson's through boxing. Oh. And they found that that cross-brain function and the movement has been really helpful in addressing some of the challenges of Parkinson's. And that's sort of my passion project because my father has Parkinson's and he lives out in California. So I can't help him Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis, but through my board service and helping that organization, I am sideways helping him as well. And it means a lot to me to do that. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. So have you run into discrimination because... You're a woman in business or in, <laughs> or not. Maybe you haven't. Maybe I, everything is I love perfect the and fact that this is a binary yes, no question. I, mean, I think we might go all... with a scale. Yeah. On a scale, how much discrimination <laughs> yeah. have you run Absolutely. into? Absolutely, yeah. Um, yes, and I've also run into opportunities, uh, to be very uh, mm-hmm. transparent about that. Uh, perhaps my favorite uh, example of the discrimination it was when I was working with an individual who had gotten us a um, presentation gig, basically. And he was the contact. He was the one who set it up. And we were sitting there going through talking about what we were going to do. And as we're going through it, we're outlining it. And at one point, I'm sitting down. He's walking around the room. I said, OK, we, I've got that. I'm going to let you take the lead because your gig. And he walks over to me and pats me on the head Mm -hmm. and says, oh, you'll be just fine. (laughs) 
and I had what I call a guppy moment. And I think a lot of people have these moments. And I've been doing gender communication for 30 odd years. And I should know this, right? But it's that moment that your mouth opens and closes like a guppy gasping <laughs> yeah. for air. Mm-hmm. And nothing, nothing comes, comes out. out. You <laughs> don't have anything to come out. And you're just like, and later you might think, I, oh, I should have said this. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I could just take it him out. Yeah. But those guppy moments are moments that I think are really important for individuals who are discriminated against to reflect upon and to then think about what could I say in that moment? Because when you have a guppy moment, you're in a moment that is so tense. And then to expect yourself to come up with something while you're processing all of this is happening around you. That's a really unrealistic expectation. And it's also kind of cruel to yourself because then you walk away and you feel like, oh, I wasn't strong. I didn't do what I should have, as opposed to thinking, why did that person feel comfortable saying it Mm -hmm. and having those words ready for you? So some of the things that I do work with some of the organizations I'm part of is preparing for guppy moments because they happen a lot. Mm -hmm. Have you had a guppy moment? Yes, I'm, yes, I have. <laughs> and you always think of what you should have said, you know, when mm-hmm. you're laying in bed later that night or whatever. But, yes. Yeah. Or sometimes I've had a few moments where um, it wasn't a guppy moment. I said something I really didn't want to say mm-hmm. or wasn't helpful in the situation. And sometimes I think those are worse. When you've said something you wish you could take back, mm-hmm. that's almost worse than not saying anything at all. That is true. I agree. Yeah. What's your favorite band or artist? Okay, so this is not a fun question for me because this is really hard. Okay. I don't know those um, bands or artists. I don't actually keep them in my mind. Okay. So if you could, like, I could t- probably talk about some of my favorite songs. Okay. That's I could good. do that. One of them, I have a power playlist. So I could, mm-hmm. you know, I could talk about that. One is Defy Gravity from Wicked. Okay. And the reason is, and this is like a great story about my partner, is that as we were walking into the show to see the show, and there was these shirts that say Defy Gravity on them. And I'm thinking that they're talking about women's breasts. <laughs> I'm like, okay. oh, the sexism and <laughs> yeah. all this, right? Yes, right. this is just horrible. But then as we were watching the show and it's defying gravity is real about really about finding your own dreams mm-hmm. and reaching beyond what other people think of you. And my partner leaned over to me and said, that's what you do. You defy gravity. And I went right out and bought one of those shirts oh, and I yeah. wear it with a great deal of pride. <laughs> so that song is on my playlist because mm-hmm. it reminds me to believe in yourself and to invite other people to join you. And sometimes they're not going to. So sometimes you just have to go out and defy gravity yourself. Okay. That and a good uplift bra. Well, I mean, that, those, <laughs> yeah, that's helpful course. too. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Are you an early bird or night owl? Oh, absolutely an early bird. Okay. I get up about 5, 5.30 and I go to bed about 8.30 at night. I get eight hours of sleep. I can't function without it. But I, yeah, the big joke around my family, my friends, is it about nine o'clock? If there's a party at my house, I'm gone to bed. They stay up and lock the door. <laughs> there you go. I like it. What's your favorite book? You seem I, like somebody who likes to I read, read a lot. I <laughs> read a lot, like probably two novels a week. Okay. And then plus some of the professional work. Um, one that comes to mind is The Hands Maiden's Tale, mm-hmm. Pope Joan. And then Anne of Green Gables. So, okay. so probably be the ones that come up the top. Perfect. Yeah. Let's see. 
You are so cool. And well, you can put you. that on the air. Well, thank you. I'll make sure to tell my kids that because they say I am not cool. Oh, my kids say that I can't tell stories and I can't sing. Oh, okay. And they are 100% right. Okay. Well, there you go. Have you ever met anyone famous? I have. I have met David Letterman, mm-hmm. Rue McClanahan from Golden, Golden Girls. Girls. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. I think they're the most famous people I've okay. met. What's your hidden talent? Something you're good at that people might not know. My hidden talent that people might not know is difficult because I actually live my life pretty out there. So mm-hmm. people have see a lot of what I do. Um, I'm really good at cooking. Okay. I can make a um, seven-course meal and love doing that. I'm an excellent dancer. Okay. I used to dance a lot. Um, I used to do more like aerobic dancing or mm-hmm. acrobatic dancing. I can't do that anymore. So those would probably be the ones that people don't know as much about me. Okay, perfect. What's your most used emoji on your phone? My most used emoji on my phone is probably the thumbs thumbs up mm-hmm. because I'm oftentimes getting texts that are like a request. Can I do this? Is this okay? And so just to get that moving along and not delay anybody, I'll just say, thumbs up, go. <laughs> perfect. Right. Yes, awesome. that would be my most used. Okay. I'm trying to learn how to use the facial recognition that you can like video record yourself as an uh, avatar, but your face moves. Oh. And I'm not quite there yet. Do you know how to do that? I don't know. I was going to say, because we could stop and you could show me <laughs> no, how to do that. I don't think I do. My kids probably do, but okay. I don't know. We how. may have to bring them in. Yeah, we'll have a one. tutorial. I would yeah. like that. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> so tell me about your family. I have one partner. I've been with him for 20 years. Okay. And then I have a daughter whose birthday is tomorrow. Oh, happy birthday. Yes. And I have a son who's two years younger than her. And his birthday was August 10th. So I call this my month of poor because mm-hmm. his birthday is August 10th. My partner's birthday is August 28th. And then my daughter's birthday is September 1st. So I am in the month of poor. Yeah. I'll be taking some of the mints home for dinner because <laughs> okay. that's all I'll be able that's to all afford. You can afford. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, they are absolutely amazing. I used to travel a lot internationally and they would come along with me. And they would sit in a room and read books. And then we'd all get up and walk all over Spain or go to a restaurant and eat things we didn't know the names of. And I really love the sense of adventure that they have and also the sense of resilience they have. So, I mean, I can't tell you the number of times we've gotten stranded. One time we were in Morocco, taxis letting us off and it's dark and we can't see where the hotel is and we're just trying to figure it out together. And I love that about them. Okay, nice. What do you like to do for fun? You know, like fun. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing is that I don't necessarily think of fun as binary. So people think like you work Mm -hmm. and you have fun. I have fun almost all of the time and everything that I do. So if I'm in a meeting and we're talking about how to put a new policy together, that's fun for me because we're trying to figure out something and work together. And oftentimes you learn something about somebody as they're talking about how they see this policy unfolding. Um, It's fun for me when I'm at dinner talking to somebody I've never met before. I mean, that's fun to me. It's fun to me to go out dancing with people and try something that I've never done. It can be fun just to sit on the back patio with a book and put my feet up. So 
it's not so much about what I'm doing. It's sort of how I'm doing it. And do I have the space to enjoy it? What's not fun is when I feel that I don't know how to do something and I'm under a time pressure to get it done and the consequences of doing it wrong are going to be severe for someone. That is not fun. Okay. Yep. I agree. <laughs> so, so everything else is fun. That but one, that's not fun. That is not fun. Okay. Tell me something that's on your bucket list. Greece. Greece. Greece is 100% on my bucket list. So as a, a student, uh, the second time, not the first time, mm-hmm. when I was studying rhetoric, we would study uh, ancient Greek rhetors. Mm-hmm. And we'd talk about the Agora, which was a town center where people would go to talk about, well, let's be honest, men, men would, would go, go. Yeah. right? Yeah. Free men would go <laughs> to talk about the issues of the day and engage in dialogue, in discussion, and not necessarily agree, but just to have those conversations and to learn from one another. And I have studied and read about this my entire life, and I've never seen it. And I would love to stand in Greece at an agora and just feel that moment. I would love for everybody in our country and world to be able to have those types of moments and conversation. And so that would be on my bucket list. Okay. What does success mean to you? When I can put ideas in people, into relationships with each other, that allows them to achieve their dreams and visions, that's success. It could be planning a party for some friends, right? So can I put them in a situation or a relationship with one another that they get to enjoy each other or try some new food or have an experience? Or if it's students, can I put them in relationship with a new program or curriculum or faculty member that they get to see and do something they've never done before? That, to me, is success. And when I have somebody come back to me and say, you did something we didn't think could be done or hasn't been done or made a difference in somebody's life, thank you. That's it. That's all I need. Okay, great. What gets you truly excited about life? When we think about getting excited about life, um, I describe myself as a realistic optimist. Um, For most times, I get up every day and I'm excited to go and do the things in the day, to make things happen. But I also know that it's not going to be easy and it's not going to work all the time and there's going to be bumps. But I'm very optimistic that we will eventually get there. Mm -hmm. And so that's what gets me excited is about thinking about where we could go and trying to figure out all those puzzle pieces and then seeing it click and then watching somebody just go off and have an incredible experience. That's what gets me really excited. Okay. That and a good piece of jewelry. Okay. Nice. (laughs) You know, the important things. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, thank you so much for stopping by today. We really appreciate it. I had a wonderful time. I love talking to you. I love what you're doing for our community. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for stopping by the farmhouse. Bye. So I have a love-hate relationship with social media as a, as a general rule. And <laughs> Which is funny because like part of our job is being on social media. <laughs> but one thing I'm always looking at are uh, these these reels, TikToks, and what else? Just stories right. on Facebook. And just basically little segments of video. Right. 
and how they either are selling a product or not selling a product. And my observation is they don't do a good job at selling me, but podcasts still do. Yes, I am a sucker. If it's mentioned, I've calmed down a little bit now, but it used to be if it was mentioned on a podcast, I would try it. I would try it. I would buy it. I'd try it, whatever. And I feel like it's probably because in podcasts, especially like conversational podcasts, not Mm -hmm. like scripted or whatever, but conversational podcasts, you're listening to it. You feel like you're talking, like you're listening to friends talking and they kind of call that a parasocial relationship. So like, you don't know these people, right? But like, you're listening to my favorite murder and they're talking about whatever product or whatever. And they're in my ear holes. And they're in my ear holes and they're talking to me and I feel like they're my friends because they're talking about their lives and whatever and all of that. And so... Oh, I've used this mattress or whatever, and I really like the way it, you know, I sleep on it or whatever. So they're talking to me like I'm a friend, sort of, but not, they're not my friend. They don't know me. I don't know them. I think the same thing works in radio where, you know, the announcer, the person you trust, you're listening to, they're doing their show, they're making jokes, and all, all of a sudden they, they go into an advertisement. Right. And that's, st- again, that parasocial relationship. We feel like we know them and... You know, it's like the same thing on Gone Boss. Like, we do the same thing. Now, we're a smaller microcosm, so I feel like, you know, you a lot of people really do know Matt and Angie or whatever, but some of you don't necessarily. Yeah, and we could say, you know, go get a tattoo right now. It's $100 off. Exactly. <laughs> and we're not going to lead you astray, right? We're not. But, you know, because we talk about them and because yes. we don't promote anything that we don't actually believe in and we don't think the people are cool and whatever but like so we've even heard from our sponsor chrissy that they've gotten several new clients because of you know because of our their sponsorship with us and things like that so they said they heard it on they heard it on gone boss so it works all the different ways now i haven't been influenced by reels tiktoks and things like i said what about you though i have been not to a degree as podcast, but I have been. But it's been more on TikTok. Yeah. And not just like, you know, you'll, you're scrolling through and it's like, this is available on the TikTok shop. Because t- TikTok is trying to be like a TikTok QVC shop or something. Yeah. There's I like, didn't even know there was a TikTok shop. A TikTok. I mean, I got to give it to him. That's a good name. I <laughs> I applaud that. I like it. Um, so they're trying to make Those everything. Chinese. They're so I know. Good. They're, they're catchy. <laughs> it's snappy. But so they're trying to make everything in the TikTok shop or whatever. And so like I always scroll through those if it's just like, you know, some random person like, oh, I really like this, whatever. But how I have been influenced, and I think this is how it works better on like TikTok and Reels and stuff like that, is if you already, if you're a, an influencer, a person on TikTok that yeah. I follow, like I follow Jen Hamilton. Okay, we don't talk- know who she is. I know. We- I talked about it on a podcast. She's a nurse. I talked about it with Holly Jones. I okay. Think. Anyway, she's a famous labor and delivery nurse, and she talks about all kinds of different things. But she, when she talks about things, she only talks about it if she likes them and uses them. So I have been influenced by her Ohora nail stickers, which, spoiler alert, did not work out as well for me as they do for her. So I don't know. But so I did buy those. And then she's talking about these Judy Blue jeans that I... Judy Blue. Judy Blue. And they're for ladies with chunky booties like some of us. And they're supposed to be awesome and wonderful and made of like fabulous wonderfulness. I have not bought them yet. But I do... But you're thinking about it. But I'm thinking about it. And I've been influenced by So maybe by I'm her. totally wrong. Like people are being influenced. I think But people, is it influencers like giving their personal recommendation, like, you should try this. Yes, I think that kind of thing. If it's, like, a personal endorsement, just like on podcasts and stuff like that, if it's an influencer who I are, you know, or a content creator who I already follow, who I already feel like I have a relationship with, even though it's, like, 
not it's a parasocial relationship Mm -hmm. so i feel like jen hamilton is telling me hey these jeans are great you should try them as opposed to just some random person as i'm scrolling like oh these jeans are great you should try them but it's somebody i feel like i already have a relationship with okay and I am probably absorbing media different than you, meaning I am just scrolling and getting the little movie clips or yeah, you the watch, funny videos. Or you the watch TV videos. on on Facebook. I don't understand how you do that. I know. <laughs> so Facebook Watch or whatever. I never yeah. do that. They have ever. little condensed episodes of like, uh, what was that lawyer show you used to watch? You oh, used to the sit good there girl, for an hour. Right? Yeah, yeah. I watch that in uh, basically thirty second chunks. <laughs> no, it's 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 like within five minutes, I get the entire episode because they speed up the. Video, the sound, and everything is like, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I get the gist of it. You know what I did to find out just recently that on TikTok, you can hold on to the push down on the left side of the video. Yeah. And it'll, it speeds it up by like two times. So if you like want to listen to somebody, but not like they're Want to really listen to Right. Them? You can just go, blah, 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 and it like talks into I've done this speed. on Audible because I consume most of my books via sound yes that's okay <laughs> but they have that option as well where you can speed it up and i enjoy that especially if you have a, um, a slow talker a slow narrator and it, i do that on my podcast good. i listen to everything at one and a half speed all right so i don't think we solved anything we with social media reels tiktoks or anything like that but it was a fun conversation yeah and i just think it just depends on the the media and what you're consuming and how you consume it and just because things work today tomorrow it'll change so it doesn't matter that is true Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at GoneBoss.com or hashtag GoneBoss. We're on Instagram at GoneBoss2K or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. We're brought to you today by our sponsor, Forbidden Fruit Tattoo and Piercing on McAlliard in Muncie. Have a great rest of your day and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has Gone Gone Boss. Boss.